Well, Toby, I think one of the most obvious problems in our world and species today is mental health and addiction. Uh, we're discovering a tremendous amount of information on new and more natural treatments that are powerful, powerful, effective, safe, and very exciting from neurofeedback, biofeedback, proper applications of therapy and counseling, the importance of trauma and stress and addiction and mental health and happiness. And in my world, the power of these new plant-based medicines that have been here for thousands of years that we're finally beginning to embrace, beginning with cannabis, incorporating ketamine with so much more to come. All right. Welcome everyone to a new episode of the NeuroFlex podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. If you guys have been enjoying the podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that'd be really appreciated, along with sharing with a, a friend who you think would also benefit from the same information. Um, we are definitely growing a lot by word of mouth. So if you know someone who who you think would benefit, please do go ahead and share this uh, this podcast with them. So for today's episode, uh, we have a very special guest, Dr. Edward Pearson. Dr. Pearson got his passion and approach to thinking about health and wellness from his grandfather, a flight surgeon in World War II. Uh, Dr. Pearson received his undergraduate training in microbiology and chemistry from the University of Florida and his medical degree with an academic excellence award from the University of South Florida College of Medicine. Displeased with what he saw in conventional medicine after completing his internship and a short time in a physical medicine and rehabilitation residency, Dr. Pearson set out on his own to find the education that would teach him how to truly heal people and prevent the epidemics of chronic illness plaguing humanity. So Dr. Pearson is a medical director for Keta MD, uh, which offers at-home ketamine treatments to patients along with um, being the owner of uh, the New Medicine Foundation. So, uh, Dr. Pearson, really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Toby, me as well. Uh, glad to be aboard and very supportive of the the work you're doing. So of course. Of course. Yeah. So tell me a little about, you know, you, I mentioned in your in your introduction that you became kind of disenfranchised with what you were seeing in, in conventional medicine. Like, take me through that time. What what exactly were you seeing and and why was it not working? Going into medical professional school is was always was my plan, given my kind of history with my grandfather kind of had that aha moment at like age five, I want to be a doctor, you know? So went on that path, stayed pretty set on it, approaching, applying to graduate school, medical school. I already started to get pulled in different directions. I, I don't exactly remember why, but I was interested in other modalities. I was interested in chiropractic. I was interested in um, osteopathic medicine. Um, I knew I wanted to get a doctorate and I definitely was just, very focused on traditional allopathic medicine as well, but was being pulled in other directions. So I applied to all three, got accepted to all three, chiropractic, osteopathic, um, and allopathic got in and decided, of course, kind of made sense to stick with allopathic. It, that was a Florida school. I'm from Florida. There were some financial, you know, thoughts around it, a little bit more reasonable financially, although I had a scholarship that i from the Navy, I didn't take kind of like my my uh, father was a flight surgeon in uh, the Army, did the traditional training, loved it. Medical school was great, you know, great information, great education, did real well. And uh, as I was approaching the end, when you choose your your specialty, 
your your residency and go went through the same things uh, i'm not sure what i want to do it's all great but nothing's really lighting my fire and inspiring me and i still wanted to integrate integrate different things and this is back in 1999 so there really wasn't any truly integrative training programs uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation known as physiatry it's kind of a blend of different nerve conditions and muscular conditions and sports injuries and strokes it's just a, a very interesting blend looked to be the best fit i applied was accepted went out to california to a program that stated to me on interview they were going to be more integrative did my internship got into residency and kind of hit hit the same wall that i had before this is the third time this isn't it this isn't inspiring me they're truly they're really not integrating they say they are but they're not I was prescribing a lot of Vioxx. I was referring to a lot of therapists, which Vioxx became a, a kind of a nightmare medical story that had tons of side effects and got shut down. Um, still love therapists, but was still wanting to know what's at the core cause of what's getting people ill. We know traditional medicine is emergency care. It's great at fixing things when you need to. Uh, when you're when you're kind of on, you know, you've had an injury, you have a, a serious condition. It's good at keeping things going, but it doesn't undo or unravel and explain what causes these things. And in this world, with all of these epidemics of chronic illness in modern societies, a growing number of doctors now, it's just growing and growing more and more. But that was me back then. Why is this stuff happening? I don't want to just treat the symptoms. I want to get to the root cause and figure out what's going on. So I went my own way, um, found some different trainings and, and board certifications over the next five years. And in 2007, felt like I had kind of completed my own residency in integrative med and formed my company and started to do things that to me seemed like they worked, figure out how to truly understand what's going on in someone's body and try to fix it and heal them and teach them as naturally as I could using medications and surgeries if necessary, but starting most commonly always with more natural remedies, nutrition, supplements, bioidentical plant-based things like hormones and now plant medicines for our, our uh, neurological treatments that we're doing. So it's been a very interesting road and I'm, I feel very satisfied at the moment because the desire for integration is really growing, I think. And it's it's necessary and people are seeing that. And the application of mental health is so needed. And one of the most exciting things I've ever come across now that we're opening up to more natural treatments and protocols and getting away from the over-medication that has been the norm for decades now. Right, right. And I wanted to ask you in terms of, you know, uh, getting to the root cause as you mentioned, of why people, you know, might not be feeling well, why they're not able to sustain optimal health. Like what are, what are some of the common uh, uh, things that you've found just in your work as far as things that might be disrupting someone's health? I have, I like to think in threes, a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think the mind, body, and our, and our life are keeping us, the, the problems there are keeping us from experiencing a truly spiritual journey of our soul. And physically, biochemically, we're kind of a mess in modern societies. And again, this is all really a side effect of modern living. 
as I learned to do more thorough biochemical workups on people with functional medicine and see inflammatory problems and nutritional and hormonal deficiencies and imbalances, um, immune system problems, I learned to see that most people are really pretty imbalanced biochemically and that the overview and the cursory exam we do in traditional medicine to label it with a diagnosis, give it a code, find the medications and say, here's, this is going to control the symptoms. Doesn't correct anything that I was finding to be the root cause. So that was step one, learning the body problems that are very e easy to find with a good thorough workup and add the key nutrients and hormones back in to try to restore balance and remove the excesses and teach people a little bit about what's happening there. In the lifestyle, it's overwhelming. I think we're full of stress. We're full of toxicity. Our food sources are very poor. And so our lifestyle, you know, body, body, mind, and life, um, our lifestyle is a huge problem. Uh, and that's increasing right now. I think we see in the world a very concerning, increasing level of mental stress that lead to addictions and you know, we're, this is suicide prevention month. So we're, we're seeing that suicide hotlines blow, blowing up because people are, are so stressed out. I think we're becoming aware of the toxicity, you know, talking about plastics and chemicals and fertilizers and how synthetic things aren't really good for us. You know, if we need a synthetic medication, that might be okay for a while, but it's not going to be good for us in the end. There's going to be side effects and it's going to be another toxin we have to clear. And there's other toxins as well, oils and petrochemicals and our, our overuse of antibiotics and all kinds of toxic things and our food sources, that's becoming very apparent too. 20 years ago, when I got into this field, organic food was very unknown, I think. And now the whole world is looking to make sure we're eating real food, real organic, healthy, non-toxic food. So our lifestyle is huge. And the mind, you know, the mind as a result of not only the stress, but we're learning so much about the importance of trauma, and generational things and things that can really change who we are at a at a at anatomical neurological level it's incredible what this increasing amount of stress and trauma that we're all experiencing in, in different ways whether it's familial or cultural or corporate or chemical um community and it would just people don't feel satisfied I mean, you put all those together mind, body, life, uh, three big components that don't allow us, I think, to reach that, that spiritual happiness. That's what, what life's supposed to be. So I've learned the three components along the way. The most recent is definitely the mind component. I knew how, when you change internal biochemistry, hormones and nutrients and things like that, you're going to get improved thinking and happiness and, and awareness and mental function but we weren't changing things that had been damaged by this stress and trauma. And with the awareness, the reawareness of plant-based medicine for mental health, we're finally seeing that's how you do it. And when I met the, the founders of KetMD, um, Michael Zaplin, Warren Gumpel, Kaya Roman, incredible people that were, that were brought into a integrative mental health and addiction center I was I work with still where we like to use more integrative techniques I knew immediately meeting these people and hearing about the wonders of ketamine and then also 
what ketamine leads to and all the other plant-based mental health medicines around the world, like ayahuasca, ibogaine, peyote, mescaline, and add to that MDMA, LSD, which aren't completely natural, but we consider them fairly close and they fall into that plant-based medicine category. I knew that this was an answer to what a key component of what was missing and how I was able to understand what was going on in someone's body and, and mind. And I think when we fix all, all of those, they all help. Each one can help tremendously in having a happy, healthy, you know, vibrant life where you feel connected to the world and your loved ones and, and nature, and you're really enjoying this journey we call life. Um, I, I think I know this is the pathway to really letting all of us get to that higher level of existence, you know, get, don't want to get too esoteric, but, you know, really enjoying this, this life journey is, is key. And right now I think we're seeing a lot of people struggling with that. Right. Right. So in terms of the, uh, you, you kind of just mentioned the, um, with the kind of substance abuse rehabilitation, you know, that obviously being some uh, common response uh, to all the stress and trauma that people are under, you know, going to, you know, potentially abuse, use and abuse uh, substances. And I just wanted to kind of hear, you know, it, it sounds like you guys have a very unique approach with what you're doing at the, at the recovery treatment center um, that you're the medical director at um, in terms of utilizing uh, cannabis. And I was just wondering if you could speak kind of on cannabis's role, um, you know, both, I guess, with addiction, along with some of its other therapeutic potential. Yeah, absolutely. Cannabis, I, I say cannabis opened the door to all of this. And it's, I wasn't very familiar with, with marijuana uh, as I, as cannabis came to Florida in 2017, but I was very open to it. And as always, I like to look at some research, look at some information and if it's right, it'll resonate, which it quickly did. And, and I thought to myself, no wonder we the world wouldn't let go of this and our country wouldn't let go of it, despite the, the stigma and, and all of the things that we've heard and seen over the last century against marijuana and cannabis. To me, it was like an aha. No wonder people still love to use this stuff and do it regardless of whether it's illegal or not. It opens the door to plant the, to the world of psychoactive plant based medicines. Cannabis is the gatekeeper and it is an incredible, beautiful, complicated plant with, I think, 114 different alkaloids and chemicals that have different effects from terpenes to cannabinoids to tetrahydrocannabinol to um, other th things we may not even know about yet. We, we go into different strains and blends and ratios. So it's a very complicated plant. And when it came to Florida, that was my opportunity to get involved, which I did. It was just a... a, a no brainer to start to become a medical marijuana physician and start using it in my practice to help people ease the day. It's nature's break. It slows things down. It lowers anything and everything in excess in our bodies from inflammation to anxiety, to uh, oxidation, to stress, even to cancer growth. So cell cellular overgrowth, which is cancer, it slows it down. I can't say that we know exactly how that happens. Um, but we know it does happen and it's known to be a benefit to cancer patients because of that. And I've, I can't tell you how many miracle stories I've heard just from cannabis alone. Someone who may have had metastatic cancer throughout their body after multiple surgeries and chemotherapy sessions and radiations. And then all of a sudden they discover cannabis, get on a good 
all-encompassing cannabis product like RSO, Rick Simpson oil, and it disappears. I mean, you're going to, you know, who knows how we prove that or the, the science behind it all. We don't know that yet, but I've heard it time and time again that cannabis not only eases the stress, trauma, pain of, of cancer, but can really slow down or even reduce completely cancers. So in, in addiction, very soon after it came to Florida, I had great connections with a, a group of, of young, motivated, and very forward-thinking um, ex-addicts. You know, a lot of people in the addiction industry come out of addiction, and that's miraculous. And as they regain their awareness, they a lot of them are, have been geniuses, you know, held down with addiction because I think their their mental capacity kind of drives them to addiction because they can't really express all they're capable of. And when they come out of that addiction, some of these people can be incredibly motivated and able to come into the addiction world and bring it to another level. These guys, I think, did that. It was Road Recovery Wellness Center, still with them as my primary treatment center. We now have three facilities. Their primary goal was to, to, do, to use addiction, to use cannabis and addiction. Um, I was able to use medication-assisted treatment, which is Suboxone. We still do. It's a good first step, but it's not the end step in any way. I was trained in that in 2007 after fentanyl emerged. I decided to go in that direction. And this was going to be cannabis-assisted treatment. It's worked beautifully. These patients are going to use cannabis. The majority of the fat, the vast majority is going to want to use cannabis. And to say that that's a drug, you can't use it when it's nature's medicine makes no sense. It helps them ease every day. It helps withdrawal symptoms, helps the stress and the mental issues and the traumas that have led them to addiction. And it's not an addictive, it's not a drug, it's a medicine, it's nature's medicine. So by providing them legal, safe access to pure product that is, we of course monitor as we should with any prescription medication, which it does need to be. It needs to be a prescription medication as as all of these plant medicines do. They're powerful and they they have the ability to be used incorrectly if they're not monitored. So we did that. Um, they lead an incredible team. I'm proud to be a part of it. And, and that team has really pushed addiction treatment forward in a massive step that is the biggest step I think addiction treatment has had in decades. It was a battle. You know, the insurance companies, regulators, people did not want us doing this. And amazingly, they had the ability and the resources and the people to fight the fights and really make it now a pretty accepted treatment modality within addiction. So it's not a drug. Now we're not using drugs to treat drugs. We're using nature's medicine to treat drugs. And right now in the world with the, the, the elephant in the room in our, in our species is mental health and addiction. We think at least a billion, if not 2 billion people of the seven are not in a good place with their mental health and tendency towards addictions. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's amazing that you guys kind of broke through some of the existing paradigms surrounding cannabis and, and actually being able to utilize it in addiction. Cause I mean, I just talking from personal experience, working at a rehabilitation center uh, for, for a couple of years, you know, it was something that uh, definitely was, was a no, no um, in terms of people, people utilizing, but I thought it was, it was pretty backwards. The fact that, you know, whenever patients were, uh, were able to go outside, they'd be chain smoking cigarettes. And that was like the one thing that they could still have, you know, despite detoxing off all this other stuff, but it's like, 
they're consuming one of the most addictive and uh, you know toxic uh, substances that's going to cause all sorts of problems down the road. And that didn't make much sense to me. So I, I think cannabis. But I, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you what do you see specifically in terms of cannabis's ability to treat addiction? Like different symptoms. We we know um, it's very good for pain. A lot of people being able to come off opioids in place of uh, medical cannabis. Like what what other stuff is is cannabis specifically doing to address some of the the facets of addiction? Well, cannabis eases the, I, th I think one of the biggest things that leads to addiction is anxiety. I think anxiety is even more of a problem than pain and pain is a huge problem, but anxiety causes so much mental stress that people are looking for a way out. And as soon as they get, as soon as they touch an opioid, you know, opioids, the biggest problem. So we'll just focus on that. They're so powerful and they, they ease the pain. They actually give most people energy. They make them happy. And then the withdrawals are horrendous, you know, and the, and the lifestyle that that leads to, because it's such an addictive chemical, especially with fentanyl being so powerful, it, it'll just end life immediately because of the respiratory suppressive effects. So cannabis is really step one, you know, if it works for people and it doesn't work for everybody, but it does for most, it will reduce the stress, the pain, the anxiety that's leading to the need for something much more dangerous or, or something dangerous. Cannabis isn't dangerous. It really has no dangerous effects. It can be misused. Anything can be misused. You can use, you can drink too much water and kill yourself. So definitely it needs to be regulated. Any, any psychoactive compound, but these things need to be psychoactive to help reduce the issues, the mental issues that are leading to the addiction. So it's almost as if we knew patients were going to want to use cannabis because that was their first way of, of coping and feeling better. And to say that you can't use it when it's the, one of the most natural mental psychoactive medicines we know of really makes no sense. You know, here's someone struggling with addiction because of mental stress or pain or trauma, anxiety, whatnot, which it reduces all of that. It slows everything down. As I said, stress, pain, anxiety, even biochemical things like oxidation and inflammation, it, it's good for all of that. It's an adrenal adaptogen. It helps your immune system. Uh, it does a, a ton of amazing things. It even blocks viral transmission in some ways. That's incredible. So to say you can't have this one mainstream, very accessible and often dangerous because it's not pure, it's going to be laced with something and we've seen people commonly get marijuana off the streets that can be laced with fentanyl like everything else these days and and die so they need to have access to it we need to use it correctly it needs to be pure we need to educate on it regulate it make sure they're safe um, but safety is the main thing because people know cannabis is going to help them feel better and help them avoid doing something dangerous and addictive and they're going to do it whether we allow them to or not. We we should allow it. We should ensure its safety. We should educate on it. And we need to be doing this with dozens of other plant-based medicines. So we started to learn that there are many other amazing psychoactive chemicals in the world. They do need to be regulated. They're powerful. We saw a perfect example in the 60s when it just kind of went hog wild, you know, and everybody loved the, the uplifting effects that these things had on their life experience, but it wasn't regulated. It wasn't safe. 
and it got out of control, you know? And so we, we kind of, Nixon came in and shut the door and I agree it needed to be changed, but unfortunately it was put in a, in a lockbox in a dark room and kind of forgotten about and for decades. And here we are today with it finally be coming back with work of some incredible pioneers like Rick Doblin of maps and uh, the team I work with Zappy, Michael Zaplin, Warren Goffel, Formiketa, MD. There's been a ton of pioneers, Michael Pollan with the Change Your Mind series. I mean, all these people in this industry are pioneers that were just willing to say, we need to take another look at this stuff because it's it's not all bad. It's actually not even any bad. It just has to be used safely. And that's what other cultures have been doing for millennia with ayahuasca and all kinds of incredible plant-based medicines that are that are healing for the mind and the, and the spirit and the soul incredible incredible medicines yeah and it certainly uh you know perfect timing in the sense we need that we need remedies to the mental health crisis you know now now more than ever so i think a lot of people are finding the the relief and and help with some of these medicines and one i wanted to to go to now that I know you're you're working a lot with and as the medical director of Keta MD. What can you tell me about you know this proliferation of of ketamine um, used therapeutically, um, whether that's uh, you know at clinics or also the at home treatment that now exists? Ketamine, as I explained, cannabis being the the gate, the, the opener to this world of plant based medicine for mental healing. Uh, ketamine, I I say, is the bridge. It's going to take us across to this amazing world of plant-based medicines that exists that we don't yet have access to here. Uh, and that's, it's, it's an incredibly important compound and treatment in so many ways, that being one of them, because it's here now, it's safe, it's legal, it's schedule three, it's used appropriately, it's been around for decades, it's, it's still widely used, it's a WHO essential medicine because it's so needed in so many different aspects of of healthcare, and this may be its most important yet because ketamine has an incredible ability to reverse the traumatic disruption of neurons in our trauma centers, the lateral habenula deep in the inner brain. When we experience traumas, the neurons disconnect in a protective mechanism called, um, <laughs> just which I just blanked on, um, burst mode. Sorry, I give a lot of talks. So our brain goes into something called burst mode. And our neurons in these trauma centers disconnect in a protective way to make us kind of numb to the pain of the trauma and the stress we're experiencing. And a side effect of that is neurotransmitter production decreases. We, come, we become kind of zombies to it. And that I think is the kind of the numb, flat, emotionless ways we can get after severe traumas. We just, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to go there. Ketamine reverses that. It reverses burst mode, takes people right out of burst mode. Um, in, it, immediately. It's incredible. It regrows neurons. Our brains are super active. Um, new neuronal connections, which all me medical plant-based medicines or psychedelic medicines do, they increase neuronal activity and connections and neurogenesis tremendously. It's, it's really amazingly how, how powerful it is. So people, after one exposure to ketamine, especially when done, done in the way we do with a spiritual setting like this, very controlled, they're, uh, they go through a, a relaxation technique to get them very relaxed. They, we have the set, the right set and setting and, and intention work. And then we administer ketamine in a way that lets their, their brain have an experience with a blindfold and binaural beat music 
that delivers that spiritual experience in her journey that is somewhat psychedelic but can be very powerful and meaningful in different ways as the ketamine's regrowing neurons neurotransmitters are coming up they can literally have what i what i most commonly see toby is the next day they come out of the experience with just a, a wow that was amazing and it's an hour but to them it feels like a lifetime but a po very positive lifetime where traumas can be released and they can have very vivid emotional experiences about very positive things that they may have not thought about in a while, like family and loved ones and good experiences. And the next day after a good night's sleep, after kind of a new brain workout, I call it a brain massage or a brain marathon, you feel a little tired. The next day with these new connections and neurotransmitters, people are so different. They're completely changed. Anxiety and depression scales and stress scales can go from literally 10 to zero the next day. So ketamine is incredibly powerful in being a, a huge first step in healing these traumas and stresses that we are experiencing in this world that may or may not be as normal as it should be. And, it, and we're, we're stressed out. You know, we're, we're just a stressed out society, add in traumas and things that happen all too often. And these damages in our, in our trauma centers are disabling our enjoyment, our ability to enjoy life. And, and that's as simple as, restoring the connections and increasing the neurotransmitters but the spiritual experience is so important and that's where as we we get more comfortable and familiar with ketamine and bridge over to these other plant-based medicines the biggest known being ibogaine or iboga the south african root that being known as the great grandfather of psychedelic medicines it's a 36-hour experience and people have experiences that are so powerful physically and spiritually that it is connected with addiction. It's not just for addiction. It's for anyone that wants a, the most powerful spiritual healing they can get. But it's so powerful that it will actually provide cleansing of the body's receptors in a way where an opiate narcotic addict, heroin addict, fentanyl addict can go into an Ibogaine experience, again, delivered correctly in the right set setting, right team, and with a, a lot of pre and post therapy. It's not just a one shot, you're fixed, but the, the cravings, the withdrawals, and even the mental desire for it is gone. Now, ketamine won't do all of that necessarily, but it's a huge first step in that path. And I just hope that we get to these other medicines as soon as possible. And there's a lot of things we're working on to try to do that with different teams, but these medicines should be descheduled immediately, immediately. They do not belong to be schedule one. None of them do. And it's very obvious which which chemicals should be used therapeutically and which shouldn't. And, you know, heroin, fentanyl, cocaine, crack cocaine, methamphetamines. I mean, none of those are, are medical treatments. It's very obvious when a, when a compound is a plant-based medicine that can be used in such amazing healing ways. And we're looking at dozens of compounds that are on the pipeline to be coming. We just need to get them here soon. Because the, the problems are are real and they're they're growing. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree with all that more. You know, one of the the really interesting things to me to think about, you know, with, both with ketamine, ibogaine, you know, along with the other other psychedelic compounds, being that they have such you know powerful like just purely biological mechanisms, which you touched on a bit in terms of neural growth, promoting neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, mm -hmm. um, but then. There's this whole like the spiritual component that you mentioned and what people are actually experiencing during these sessions and and maybe resolving past traumas. And 
I, it, it just seems very, very, you, you know, different than I guess how conventional Western medicine thinks of, you know, you take a drug usually every day. Um, you're not really working with that drug at all. It's kind of just working on you, but it seems with these psychedelics, it's like, you know, it's, it's assisting sort of the healing process, but you're very much, the patient's very much a player um, with their own healing. Is that sort of parallel sort of your, your view as well? Yeah, perfectly stated. You know, these are not, um, another difference in the paradigm is when you see a traditional physician, here's, here's your medication. This is your problem. This is your medication. That's it. You know, well, that doesn't heal anything. And typically there's going to be side effects and tolerances and withdrawal risks and all kinds of things that come from that synthetic medication. We still embrace them. You know, we've, we've had incredible pharmaceutical development in this country and we need things for symptomatic control and relief and life sustaining things at times, but we need to get back to the healing. And I really believe only natural compounds can heal. And these plant-based psychedelic medicines heal the brain and other things. I mean, to be able to heal the biophysical addiction mechanisms in, in a 36 hour period is incredible. How the how how that happens is not going to be discovered for a while, but we know it all too well that it works. Um, there are many more components to it. These are not one and done, you're fixed treatments, just like medications aren't one and done. The therapy department is, is huge, but it allows the therapy that's done pre post integration, um, biofeedback, neurofeedback, all of these awesome things that help us start to get in tune with who we are and how we work, whether it's with mechanic, med medical electronic devices or therapists, counselors, you name it. We need all of that. That's all natural, wonderful healing. The most powerful component is yet to come, which is these plant-based medicines. And we'll take all of the other things that we've become so good at that I think you focus on in all of your your awesome podcasts is just going to light their power exponentially in healing. And yes, the appropriate time, because we need it right now. We know the epidemics of mental health problems and suicide, we call it the sad epidemic, suicide, addiction, depression um, is getting worse. And it's getting worse exponentially. And we're concerned, we're worried about these things because the addiction success rate in the treatment system here is 3%. The recidivism is massive. Um, in our treatment centers that use integrative care, and we're using cannabis fully, um, trying to integrate ketamine, we had great results when we did, but we're working through that process like we did with cannabis to get it accepted and, and allowed. We got to 15% and, and it was growing. So we're getting better, but still that's just not acceptable in this world where we have billions of people that are suffering. And it just, I just know in my heart and my soul that these, these plant-based medicines are the answer combined with everything else that we've developed to try to help people get well and feel better. We need these plant-based medicines and it's almost, it's almost a crime not to be allowed to have access to them. It's just, they're here for that purpose. Life is stressful. We're going to have traumas. Civilizations and societies are going to go through tumultuous times that are difficult and all of these plant-based medicines are here for us to use correctly to heal and get and work our way through these things. And again, attain that connection with our soul and our spirit and our, and our life and our creation. And you know, whatever you believe in, whatever God you believe in, whatever you believe, we're going to be able to connect at a much higher level 
if we're allowed to have access to and use these as soon as possible. And what do you see as far as the, you know, the future, if, if say, you know, everything goes according to plan in terms of these clinical trials, and we end up seeing, um, you know, the legalization or the, uh, uh, yeah, I guess the, the decriminalization of, say, psilocybin mushrooms, MDMA, uh, to be used in a therapeutic context, along with some of the other compounds that, you know, hopefully will definitely be coming to, like, how do you, how do you see that just shaping the, the future of, you know, mental health care, you know, people, the, the rate of mental illness, you know, within the country and just, you know, society at large, it seems like it could, it could radically, you know, revolutionize just, just about everything. If we can change the individual and change so many individuals with this, it seems like there could be massive societal benefits. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I love to think big and I love to think evolutionarily. And I think there's a growing number of people that believe that plants and, and these treatments and medicines have been key in our evolution as a species over the thousands, tens of thousands of years. You know, was this the, the stoned ape theory? You know, was this responsible for our, our progression from Neanderthal to Homo sapiens? Are we about to experience a new stage in evolution? This is the second stoned ape, you know, and be able to really transcend and integrate technology and all the other incredible things that are happening in the world. I think it's going to be tremendous. I hope it comes as soon as possible. I'm I'm thrilled to see the industry opening up and embracing all kinds of integrative, more natural solutions, especially these mental health uh plant-based psychedelic medicine compounds. I think it's going to be, like you said, the, it's the, the right place at the right time. We need them immediately. My only concerns are that we go down the same path we did with Big Pharma. Big Pharma has had great successes in creating life-saving drugs and treatments and chemicals. The problems are that it takes too long. It costs too much. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we, we go the wrong way. Uh, I believe we need to embrace the, these these plant-based medicines in their natural form right now. And there's a campaign that you probably talked about with, with Kaya Roman, Mind Army, that is formed with the same group that formed KetMD that's focused on descheduling or rescheduling these compounds as soon as possible. And that I, I believe in that 100%. We need to have access to these right now. Yes, we have psilocybin and MDMA on the way. That's a great move by the administration, and we're we're embracing it and ready for it as soon as possible. But there's so many more that are available that we need. And even though I believe in the FDA process and, and studies, most of it's usually focused on new synthetic applications, new form of these compounds and molecules. I believe in the natural state. We have what we need. We don't necessarily need to change them all right away. We need to understand how these things work to begin with. How does dimethyltryptamine send you to another dimension that seems to be a repeatable experience and also have incredible effects on depression and anxiety afterwards? You know, these compounds are so powerful. We have enough on the plate to just try to understand how they work and use them correctly right now. But we can we can do that. There's cultures and, and groups that have been using these chemicals for these these compounds for natu natural treatments for thousands of years. And we, you know, shaman and other civilizations, Peruvians with ayahuasca and you know, you can go to centers and have access to these things in other countries. For most people, that's totally un, unattain, un, unattainable. Just too expensive, too tedious, too time consuming. You know, these trips, these trips to other healing retreats to experience these healing treatments usually will cost thousands, if not tens of thousands. That's just not something the masses that are suffering can do. So I hope that we embrace both. I hope that we embrace the natural compounds and deschedule them as soon as possible and allow 
appropriate groups like ourselves to start using them safely and delivering healing and success. And absolutely, let's support uh, the, the more traditional pharmaceutical movement in studying and maybe maybe finding new ways and new forms to use them. A lot, a lot of talk about using them for healing without the psychedelic component. There's definitely a use for that. I personally believe that just getting our hands on the natural compounds safely and legally and using them appropriately is, is my main focus because I see it happen so much. I went to Mexico last year with my wife and studied and saw the, the benefits of Ibogaine. It was incredible. Read the stories, felt the energy of this healing center that we went to for a week. So I really hope we get there both pathways as soon as possible. Definitely. And, and just while you were talking, saying that, you know, came to mind in terms of sort of like the pharmaceutical industry, sometimes, you know, creating these synthetic versions of natural compounds that just an example that, that definitely didn't seem to work too well was like with cannabis, right. Where, you know, there was, uh, I believe, uh, Marinol and, uh, uh, Sativex, Sativex, not sure how to pronounce that, but just from what I'd seen, you know, where it's like, they're, they're putting these, these specific isolated compounds of the cannabis plant in a pill form. And it was like, didn't work nearly as well. People had way more side effects than just the natural consuming, you know, the natural cannabis. And, and I, it just seems pretty, pretty crazy that it's like, that was, you know, the only way a lot of people could get those medications, you know, uh, you know, just due to legality, but it's like, that doesn't necessarily work as well. So just consuming in, in the natural state as we've sort of been talking about could could definitely be the way to go oftentimes. Yeah, well, well, perfectly said. We need to embrace the natural form immediately, get it, gain access to them, deliver treatments, deliver healing, and of course, continue the research. Of course, of course, study, research, uh, you know, protect in a way that's accessible. You know, I'm not as excited about patenting and all the things that happen out there, but that seems to be more of a problem than not. But the research can lead to, to, to wonderful things and cures uh, that we are able to, to figure out as a, a more intelligent species. But right now we need to address the problems at hand. And those problems are um, dramatic and massive and concerning and uh, unfortunate, you know, and, and when you know that the answers there, there's, we may not have all the answers, but there's a, a lot of answers that we are not embracing because things were put, you know, kind of in the wrong box. Uh, we need to embrace that here and now. We need to continue on the research, which is happening and is very exciting, but be very cautious as we do. Interestingly, you know, when I chose to go my own way, one of the main drugs I was prescribing, as I mentioned, was Vioxx, which was became a real problem. And I am also concerned that if we race down the road of creating new synthetic compounds from these chemicals and patenting them and saying this is this is the new better version of DMT or ayahuasca these are powerful psychoactive compounds and if if an anti-inflammatory medication like Vioxx wound up causing severe cardiovascular lethal problems what could happen if we start to do that with these tremendously powerful psychoactive compounds it's a little scary so again I like to focus on the natural let's let's get access to it as we find it with cannabis Let's get access to all of it as soon as possible. Mind Army is a great campaign to go to, to look at, at supporting that. I think things are happening, but we can definitely speed it up. 
Awesome. Now, if people want to find out more about your work, connect with MindArmy or um, KetaMD, any of the other companies that you're involved with, um, where can people connect with you or find out more information? Uh, the, the main hub for myself is New Medicine Foundation. That's the company I formed 15 years ago um, as a result of fentanyl and my five years of learning on my own, trying to create a new way to integrate things more naturally. So newmedicinefoundation.org, uh, ketamd.com is a great site to dive into telemedically delivered ketamine therapy, which is absolutely effective and wonderful and accessible and affordable. Telemed delivery of all of these things is a huge component of the future and getting this to the people, the millions and billions of people that need it. Um, this center here that we just formed for our, our more of our mental health focus is Zen Medicine. And we're in Stewart, Florida. Zen Medicine Stewart is our fun project to show how to do this in the best set and setting in an in office experience. So I think those three will get you on the right track. Get in touch with us. We have tremendous connections and resources of wonderful people and projects that anybody can learn about find treatment with, become a part of, support. Uh, it's it's exploding. It's very exciting. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll include links to all of those in the show notes. And um, for the listeners who enjoyed the episode today, um, go ahead and uh, like and subscribe. You can find the audio version of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most of the other major audio streaming platforms. And then you can also find full episodes on our YouTube channel, the audio and video uh, episodes along with podcast clips. Go ahead and leave a comment. Uh, I was curious to hear your guys' feedback. Let me know what you thought of the episode. And uh, yeah, so Dr. Pearson, I wanted to thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and just sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. Thank you, Toby. Happy to be on board and I'm glad uh, we were able to meet. <laughs>